Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia and it is time for the TT Time with Dr. Tarver is a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. You have likely unfortunately heard or fortunately uh, about the deplorable conditions that 200 to 300 sailors endured while living on the USS George Washington three completed suicide in the course of a week and then over the course of the year we learned that seven sailors died four of which were to suicide as you talk to the sailors you hear the same kind of stories about their living conditions no hot water no electricity constant noise which interfered with their sleep but also a culture that did not support help seeking And so if a concern were raised, the resources were not given to the sailors to be able to address those needs. So their experience, and I want to honor them in making sure that as many people hear about their story as possible and also as a way for us to address the mental health crisis that we seem to want to be in the dark about. Uh, Today's topic is we can no longer ignore our mental health. So often in Mental Health Awareness Month, we talk to people about the signs and symptoms of mental distress. Uh, We know that there are a lot of different ways that people can be affected, but there are certain things that come up more often when people are dealing with mental distress. So excessive worry and fear, not being able to turn that mind off, it constantly racing, particularly at night when you're trying to sleep, which could interfere with your sleep, insomnia can tend to be a problem. Hypersomnia can also be a problem where you're sleeping an excessive amount, 10, 12 plus hours. You're still feeling drained. You're still feeling tired, but you feel lethargic all the time. Uh, Mental issues can affect your concentration, your attention, your memory, your focus. And often people will say they feel very distracted. It's hard for them to be able to complete things. They might have uh, higher instances of procrastination or difficulty just even starting a task but definitely having problems with follow through. There could be a lot of mood changes, including the depressed, sad mood, up to feeling high levels of energy, um, irritability, excitement. Uh, And again, the thoughts racing so fast that people are often talking fast. Ideas coming that may seem a little bizarre or odd, or people may say are delusional or grandiose. So these very... um, heightened types of ideas and awareness about being able to solve life's problems for example I can figure it out I have the formula I have the cure those kinds of things Uh, oftentimes we will see that anger and irritability are one of the first symptoms that we'll recognize with someone because it'll seem like they're real snappy they're short-tempered they have a, a really short fuse if you will and so little things seem to be carrying a lot of weight with them like Oh, you took that uh, really, uh, that was an excessive response to that. You took it out in a very strong way. Um, avoiding people, you'll see people on, on the isolation end of the spectrum where they may be in their rooms more, they may be off uh, into video games or activities that allow them to be in solitude. Uh, you may see people not coming out when others are around. They may stop going out and hanging out with people, maybe not as active as they used to be in sports or community organizations or faith-based institutions. Uh, You may see people come off their social media pages when they were maybe more active on there. 
the there's also maybe changes in your appetite so some people will lose their appetite and so they won't be very hungry uh, and have a hard time having a taste for anything other people will go to the opposite end of the spectrum where they'll be excessively eating and so you might find yourself even binging to the point where your stomach hurts but you're still eating we often call that stuffing down the emotions because we don't want to really necessarily deal with what we're going through and sometimes it's a conscious thing sometimes it's not but inevitably we recognize that we're not dealing with our emotions which can also be a sign of uh, mental distress when I'm not able to really communicate effectively what's going on with me which may be some of what is triggering that anger you may see a change in sex drive where people may have had a normal um, or even high sex drive now don't have a sex drive at all or you can see where people are excessively having sex um, multiple partners pretty reckless in their sexual activity um, almost to the point where it feels very impulsive doesn't feel like people are making good uh, well thought out decisions and definitely uh, may not be being safe um, difficulty in being able to perceive what's real and what's not real we refer to these as delusions and hallucinations I alluded to grandiose thinking earlier uh, sometimes we have delusions that people are out to get us we may have uh, that that suspicion that we can have of people that mistrust um, that we can have of people thinking we're being followed thinking people are trying to poison our food we may be hallucinating and that could be us hearing things that other people don't hear it could be us seeing things that other people don't see it also could be us experiencing a sensation of touch things crawling on us people touching us people doing things to us that no one else can see we may not be able to manage our own behavior our own feelings it may um, it may feel like we're out of control like we're looking at our bodies we're looking at ourselves from outside of ourselves it may also be that we don't have the ability to understand our behavior or our feelings um, lack of insight if you will uh, oftentimes we will get involved in some addictive behavior whether that's sex or food it also can be substances and oftentimes we will see people increase their use of alcohol in particular we'll see people smoking more cigarettes we'll see people um, using more marijuana uh, if they have a condition that they were using marijuana to try to manage or these things become primary mechanisms of, of, of coping uh, there may be pain that people experience but there isn't necessarily an obvious reason why you're experiencing that pain so you know if you overdid it in the in the garden if you lifted uh, too much stuff um, at the grocery store that your back and heard you had a, a long day at work but when I start feeling um, chest pain chest flutters uh, what is what is going on with why is my heart racing like this why is my stomach constantly upset whether I've eaten um, anything or not eating anything I feel like there's knots there's balls it's, um, it, it feels not at ease uh, and I may be experiencing uh, constipation or I may be experiencing uh, the runs diarrhea because my stomach stays so upset uh, why am I having all these migraines uh, why am I having um, so much pain in my neck and my shoulders where we carry a lot of our tension and we carry a lot of our stress in our stomachs which is why our GI systems can get off track uh, you may find that you're having thoughts of suicide and I know that that is a scary uh, word for people and I, I do recognize that there is a lot of misinformation about suicide and we think if we bring it up we're going to trigger someone to become suicidal but the reality is we need to be asking people about suicide 
uh, there are often times when you can get to a very dark place and you feel hopeless and you just want the pain to end. So suicide does become a thought. It might be a fleeting thought. It may be what would happen if I veered off of the road over this bridge? What would happen if I accelerated and ran into this tree? What would happen if I maybe took a little bit more of the medication than I'm prescribed and I just didn't wake up? So people will often have thoughts, though fleeting, that need to be attended to. Um, and then there are people that have actually gotten to a point where they have a plan, where they're starting to say their goodbyes and, and close out some of those relationships. There can be an inability to just to be able to do daily tasks, whereas before I was able to get my laundry done, I was able to keep the dishes washed, I was able uh, to keep the house straightened up. Now there's just chaos all around me and I have no idea where I would even begin. I'm not even cooking for myself. Uh, I've been eating popcorn for the last two months because that's the only thing that I can physically make myself get up and fix so that I can just have something to eat. There also can be, and we talked a little about um, sometimes our appetite changes, but sometimes we use food as a mechanism of control. And so I may be um, binging eating and purging it. I may be throwing it up. I may be um, over-exercising. Uh, I may be very concerned about my weight. Maybe I've gained too much weight or maybe I don't think I'm thin enough. I've lost weight, but I don't feel like I've lost enough weight. And we can start getting into some distortions around how our body looks and some distortions around our appearance and not being enough and not looking good enough and wanting to make um, changes that are not necessarily healthy, but more excessive um, and, and getting to the point of uh, obsessive and we're getting uh, so caught up in our appearance that it is now interfering with us doing some other activities in our lives. In children, things can look a little different with our little ones. And what we often will notice is changing changes in their academic performance, changes at daycare. Uh, we may see behavior changes where they're hitting, um, they're biting, they're punching, um, they're throwing things down, throwing what we consider to be temper tantrums. Or it may be um, that they are saying they don't feel loved or they don't want to be here. Nobody cares about them. Uh, it could be that they're very active, hyperactive, and so they're bouncing all over the place, running all around over the place. It's hard for them to do any kind of quiet rest, resting type activities. They could be having nightmares. They could be wetting the bed. Um, they could be frequently engaging in behavior that's disobedient, not breaking the rules. You may see a lot of aggression, uh, particularly in young people, uh, because there's they don't have a lot of tools of communication sometimes, so their behavior is what speaks for them. And aggression is often that behavior that you will see. You will also see that withdrawal. Um, but then you'll also recognize that sometimes they will be avoidant of people as well, people in the family, uncomfortable around people in the family, um, whereas they were comfortable previously. So you're noticing a change in their temperament. You're noticing changing in their interactions. Um, maybe you're noticing that they're wearing different kinds of things, like it's mighty hot outside. Why are you wearing that sweatshirt? Right, so some of these things, even in how they groom themselves, how they want to dress, what they want to wear, um, being caught up a lot in what they're wearing and um, you know, becoming obsessive about certain things in their rooms as well, changes in routine and patterns where they are having some difficulty adjusting. These could be signs and symptoms in our kids. We talked about before with our, sail, our sailors on the USS George Washington that they were in conditions that were deplorable, let's just be honest and call them what they were, um, and they did not feel like their voices were heard when they brought the attention to 
their employer. And so I want to talk to employers about how you can support your employees in their mental health. And we've discussed uh, previously, especially for our active, do- active duty military and even some of our veterans, that there was a culture that was created where you did not talk about your mental health. And we've been really working hard to try to dismantle that. But sometimes people still don't feel safe because they feel like it's going to affect them negatively and they don't want to look weak. So what employers can do is create an environment where their employees can speak up. Right. So you want to have an environment that encourages people talking about uh, when there are issues at work, when they're going through things in safe spaces, Um, employers asking their employees what they need offering flexibility in terms of work schedules, um, offering flexibility in terms of being able to work at home, not work at home, uh, come in a little later, uh, be able to come in earlier, uh, make those adjustments because we know we have families and other responsibilities, being able to offer PTO uh, breaks. We want to encourage our employees to take breaks throughout the day uh, instead of just thinking that they're going to work very long shifts without breaks. You want to offer wellness perks. Encourage your employees to go see a mental health provider. Imper- encourage your employers, your employees to go and get those preventative care exams. Give them some benefits. Give them some incentives for going to take care of their preventative health so we end up having less of an impact long term on their mental wellness lead by example make sure that hey time to knock off time to go you've worked go get you some rest long weekend go enjoy yourself Um, and as you're modeling those things you also in a speak up kind of in uh, speak up culture talk about the importance of mental wellness partner with the mental health agency Make sure that your employees have benefits that include mental health benefits so they can make sure that their mental health will be covered when they do decide to go ahead and address it. Um, As issues come up, address them immediately. Don't wait. And we want to be consistent in how we're addressing things. So if there are issues with other employees, we want to make sure that those are handled, whether this is an employee at the top of the corporation or an employee that's new to the corporation. We don't want to see differences in how employees are treated. We also want to offer resource guides, like go ahead and get a a list of different providers out in your community. Go ahead and make sure that you have these resources available to your employees when they might need them. You never know. An employee could have a fire. An employee could have a flood. Um, An employee could be in a situation where there's a natural disaster. So what kind of resources are available? God forbid there could be a death in the family. Um, a murder? Where are some of the uh, places that you can go uh, to help get your home cleaned up after an incident like that happens? Uh, What happens if you need to take short-term disability? Here are the steps. So we outline that already for our employees. So when they're coming in and they're doing their orientation, that becomes a part of their orientation. We want to make sure that you're supported. That says a lot to your employees. And what about us? How can we address our own mental health? What can we do to take care of us? First, we need to address the barriers to help-seeking very much aware that there is still a stigma associated with seeking help. We think it's a sign of weakness. We have learned to believe that talking does not help. Uh, I don't have a problem. You have a problem. I don't want people all in my business. How is someone going to tell me about me? I know what I need to be doing. I'd rather talk to people I know, right? And all of these things can interfere with us seeking help. Gone are the days where you cannot find a provider who is a good fit for you. But the challenge is making sure you know how to identify those resources. One, do I have insurance coverage? 
Am I going to have to pay for services? Even with insurance, is there a copay? Uh, is my deduct is it going to my toward my deductible? And so I'm going to be paying a lot out of pocket. What are the places where I could go that have low cost or uh, no cost options in terms of me being seen? So if I don't have insurance or my insurance is so high, I could not afford it. What are some agencies that might offset the cost of that? There are some places that pay for therapy services and there are some places that offer services at a much more affordable rate. How do I find a culturally responsive provider? Black Mental Health Alliance, African American Mental Health Providers, Black Men Heal, Therapy for Black Girls, um, there are also a lot of other agencies that work with whatever ethnic group or if you have a religious preference. So there are resources out there. I just need to identify them before I need them. You can work with your faith-based organizations. A lot of faith-based organizations have partnerships with people in the community or have members who work in mental health agencies who would be able to get you some support when you needed it. And if you have a negative experience with a provider, do know that you don't have to stay with that provider. You can find a new provider and get some support in finding that provider as opposed to just dropping out of therapy and not going back because you had that negative experience. I do recognize therapy is a fit, and so we're not going to jail with everyone, but that doesn't mean that there's not a person out there who you could jail with. We also want to work on our own self-care. Prevention is always going to be the best resource Right, so we want to prevent things from getting worse. So prioritize yourself. Make sure that you're getting enough sleep. Make sure that you're intaking healthy things with regard to your food, your liquids, and the information you are receiving. Make sure that you're exercising, that you have a healthy support system in place. Set boundaries with family, friends, at work, with your church, your other community organizations you're members of. Making sure that you have good balance in your life and that you're prioritizing the things that need to be taken care of and not overworking, overdoing, overexerting yourself to the point of burnout, trying to manage so many things. You cannot do it all. So prioritize what needs to get done in this moment. And then the rest of that time you take to make sure that you're pouring back into you. Know when it's time to move on. Sometimes we need to leave jobs. Uh, we've just seen the great migration away from jobs, right? People are leaving, looking for better opportunities, recognizing that they can be at places that value them, but also places that will work with their schedules and work with the other priorities that they have in their lives. So go to a place that values you. Make sure that you are getting treated in the way that you deserve. And also make sure that you have an employer that is going to work with your wellness because some places are not healthy to work. The environments are, are very toxic um, and then you are going to be responsible for a lot of different things. So you're going to be burned out and underpaid, right? So we want to make sure we're in environments that are going to be conducive to our wellness. Your regular doctor's visits, right? That preventative care. Make sure you have a primary care physician. Make sure you have a dentist. Make sure you have an optometrist. Make sure that you are going for that annual gynecological exam or for that mammogram to get that prostate checked, to get that colon checked, right? So we want to address things early on. And yes, if you are prescribed medication, please take your medication as prescribed so that you can make sure that you don't have incidents where you've not taken your medication for weeks and then your blood pressure is now uh, skyrocketed and now you're on the verge of a potential stroke, right? So we want to make sure that we're following treatment providers' recommendations. 
I know you don't like eating that chicken breast without any seasoning on it that's baked. You want it fried, and I know you like that good hot sauce to go with it and want to have some fries over there or some mac and cheese. But if that's not in your eating plan, we want you to be around for as long as you can, as healthy as you can, right? So we want to make these good changes. When you do see things happening that are different than your normal, pay attention and address them right away. Why am I not sleeping? How long have I not been sleeping? I need to go talk to somebody about that. Why am I feeling these palpitations? How long have I been feeling these palpitations? I need to go talk to somebody about that, right? So don't wait months and years. Often people will say, "Eh, about a year, two years, maybe three years, kind of hard for me to count now before you go and seek some help, right? And that's for your mental health as well as your physical health. Then you do know damage is being done during that time. And so it's going to take longer to be able to undo that damage if we can, the longer you wait. And I know we get fearful because we think the devil I know is better than the devil I don't know. So if I don't know what's going on, I'd rather not deal with it. The reality is, no, you do want to know what's going on so you can deal with it as quickly as you can to get it resolved as effectively as you can. The best way to address your mental health is to address your mental health. Live in uh, this month, we're going to be having some episodes and I want to go ahead and give you all some dates and the titles so you can be prepared for them. Why are you hiding? Messages we learned in ministry with Reverend Amir West will be Tuesday, May the 10th at 730. The Silent Suffering of Our Children, Youth and Mental Health with Dr. Ambrose Pass Turner, Thursday, May 19th, 730. And these are all Eastern Standard Times. We do say gay. Parenting HIV AIDS and Challenging Stigma with Tony Christian Walker, Tuesday, May 24th at 7.30. And then My Transition Story from Bria to Byron with Byron Nichols, Tuesday, May 31st at 7.30. You all be well.